0: Welcome to Saving America. This is Dr. David D. Schein, professor, attorney, author, generally useful person, someone dispenses common sense and not a lot of useless nonsense, and hopefully you're going to be enjoying what we're going to talk about today. We divide our show into three segments. First one is in the news and we're gonna talk about more Biden follow ups, gee, that'll be a surprise. And then number two, what the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party really thinks of liberal Americans. And then we've got a great special guest for our third segment and that will be Mei Wang. Uh, And uh, she is an Asian businesswoman, she's with Mark Kamen and Associates, and a very talented individual, and we're going to get her input on her business and also her experience as a first-generation Asian American. So let's get right down to it. Let's take a look at what's in the news for this week. And uh, the Biden administration is set to spend 86.9 million to house family units who have unlawfully crossed the U.S. border. Now, what's wrong with this picture in light of the 550,000 Americans reported by the U.S. government who are homeless? Wouldn't it make more sense to spend that money on people who are already here, perhaps some of whom have already paid taxes and have uh, need a little help to get back on their feet. Yeah, pretty strange deal there. As our national debt is pushing up against $30 trillion. To put that in perspective, our gross national product in each year presently is only 21 trillion. So our national debt is dwarfing our GNP. Yes, folks, we are sliding down that difficult, scary scale uh, towards uh, Greece and Italy and the uh, Banana republics, as they were called, in some South American countries. And uh, it's a very disturbing and disconcerting situation. And that, of course, does not include yet the proposed $3 trillion uh, pig farm bill on top of the new $2 trillion pig farm bill, as I call it, the alleged stimulus, which is very unlikely to stimulate anything since I haven't met a Democrat who knew how to actually increase business in America, which would be the whole idea of a stimulus is to get things going again. But they have a fundamental misunderstanding of that. So uh, we, uh, we're dealing with some strange wokeness in America. We have a biracial student, white and black, as his background, and he was suspended from school because he refused to admit to his white supremacist background. Yes, folks, we have reached a sad point in America with regard to what has been referred to as wokeness, and we need to settle down. We need to exercise some common sense and show some respect across the board and uh, doesn't seem to be quite uh, getting there. So, uh, and of course, uh, Biden has incredibly tried to blame the current immigration crisis uh, on the Trump administration. And of course, Trump administration was the first one in years who actually had made some progress at providing more security at our Southern border. And we need to to do something about that and get things together. So let's look at the rumor of the week, and that is what the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, really thinks about American liberals. And says so a great article from the American Thinker by my friend Andrea Whitberg, and she says the Chinese know very well with whom they're dealing. So the term that the Chinese use for uh, folks like Biden and even Kamala Harris, who's not white, far as we know is that they use the term BIZO, which roughly means white liberal. And I'm gonna read for a second here the definition. These are people who only care about topics such as immigration, minorities, LGBT, and the environment, who have no sense of real problems in the real world, who only advocate for peace and equality satisfying their own feelings of superiority, and who are so obsessed with political correctness that they tolerate backward Islamic values for the sake of multiculturalism. Again, this is the CCP definition of who they're dealing with here in the United States. And it tells you an awful lot about the situation. Yes, we are not negotiating with these folks uh, in in any sense of uh, efficacy because we're not playing on the same playing field that they are, they have no respect for uh, Secretary Blinken and the others, and that was well illustrated at the mess up in Alaska, where uh, basically we were embarrassed on our home turf. Alaska, yes folks, is part of the United States. So we need to settle down, we need to exercise some common sense, and we need to focus on our common enemies, which are not each other. And with that, that's our in the news, segment in our rumors segment for this week and now for our special guest. Welcome to our third segment today of Saving America. This is our segment that's called Just the Facts and of course uh, many of us are concerned about issues involving the Asian American community and we have just a terrific guest her name is Mei Wang. She is the chief operating officer and management consultant for Mac, Mark Kamen and Associates. Make sure I get that right. And she comes to the United States from Taipei, Taiwan, where she got her bachelor's degree and came to the University of Texas at Austin to get her master's degree. And then she moved to Houston in 2000. And uh, she's going to tell us a little bit more about her background, but I wanted to dig in right away and welcome her to Saving America.
1: Thank you, Dr. Shine. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) It's just terrific. So tell us a little bit about the transition for you. You go to the University of Texas at Austin in the mid-90s. Was that your first time uh, coming to the United States?
1: Yes, it's the first time coming to U.S., landing in Austin, so it's a, Austin is like my home,
0: yeah. um,
1: and it's the first time living home as well, so I've been living at home with my parents until 1995 95, came to the United States.
0: Well, boy, that's some adjustment. Now, after you got your master's degree, did you, how did you make the transition to staying in the United States? Did you do the OPT or something like that?
1: Yes, yes, so um, my my study is in adult education human resource development leadership so right after I got out of the uh, my no two year study. I want to do the practical training and my professor at the time my advisor had a consulting company. So I did my training there with him, and just really love the conversation that we can make a difference with people at work, continue their training and education. So I want to continue to study here, and therefore eventually stayed.
0: <laughs> that's that's a great story. Tell us, you know, as you know, there was a huge focus uh, last week and this week on issues regarding Asian Americans and discrimination, and unfortunately there has been a, a surge in discrimination issues regarding Asian-Americans. Um, I wanted to kind of track your history. So how did you, how did you feel at the University of Texas as an, as an Asian coming to the United States for the first time? How did that impact you?
1: Um, for me, it's, it's quite subtle. But overall, I feel very welcome. I mean, in the university setting and with the cohorts, you know, people in the graduate study coming from a lot of background. So I feel like the school does a lot of great work to prepare us, on the culture in America. And fortunately, my class, we have about 14 of us, we call cohorts. Means we go through the two years together, do all the class together and most my cohorts are people are working in the organization. Like they, they come to school again from their work. They know the work Dell Computer or Motorola, uh, Motorola University send them. So the people are there are already exposed to the conversation about discrimination diversity. So I feel like the environment is pretty good for me. That like I didn't really feel in a way being discriminated but the subtlety is a little bit very subtle. Like sometimes I do well at certain things and I will get a little comment that, oh, you're so good at this because you are Chinese. Chinese people are so smart. So it's kind of flattering, but in a way, it's kind of like diminish the hard work we put in, or I put in. So you know, little things like that.
0: That's fascinating. How did you feel in terms of the greater Austin community
1: I think it's great. I mean, I, I love that. Like I say, like home to me. It's more, uh, for me, it's very diverse and liberal. And in a way, Houston is the same way. I think Houston is the most diverse city in the country. So we have a lot of people from different backgrounds. So I think it gives, afford each of us an opportunity to learn, be open-minded.
0: Excellent. Now, in, tell us a little bit about, uh, you. so you come to Houston in 2000. Were you with the Mark Cayman and Associates at that time, or what did you do before you joined that company?
1: I worked for an education company called Landmark Education for one year. And then after that, I, I transitioned to Mark and Associates. So uh, Lemar Education is a personal development company, and I'm really interested in business because I believe business, institutions make a difference in a larger scale. So I was lucky to uh, meet my boss Mark Kamen and start working there f- since then almost 20 years.
0: That's, a, that's a fantastic. And tell us what kind of services that Mark Kamen and Associates provide and then specifically what you do personally.
1: Uh, we specialized in training development but our specialty is really creating working environment, creating a conversational culture where integrity and authentic communication is the cornerstone. So that's really, really what we focus on. And how I go about that really is from the very basic, that each one of us at work or in, inside of a team, we get clear what is my job, what's my accountability, what I promise to do, you know, and from there create a structure where I do what I say consistently. It really create a culture of trust. So, you know, from time management skills to where you put our word, our email system, those things to really get streamlined. So when I say I'm going to do something, I have a support structure to deliver what I say. So each each one of us can do that. It really shifting the conversation in the company about, you know, from, oh, I don't know what we're doing to, well, I can say, here's what we're going to deliver. And that really produce productivity performance is really a high level of leading what's next.
0: That sounds great. May Wang, thank you so much for joining us today on Saving America. Uh, We very much appreciate it. And uh, to our audience, uh, thank you very much for joining us for this week's episode of Saving America, where we examine business and politic issues and join us again. Thank you.
1: Thank you.